Now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And Mark Larson, thank you very much. And Southern California, welcome to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and we want to welcome you to this Sunday show. we got a great show lined up for you tonight. You know, uh, uh, it's... Uh, Wednesday is normally Thanksgiving time. So that's one of the events that we think about uh, first thing when it comes uh, to November. But there's another big event that for many years we've thought about when it comes to Thanksgiving, and that is the Bassathon. And that will be happening here in November. And we've got Rick Grover, owner-operator of Anglers Marine. He's going to tell us about the 2015 Bassathon. Also, if we get the opportunity, we might be able to congratulate Rick for winning the FLW Championship at Clear Lake. Uh, also, later on in the show, we have the 2005, 2013, and 2015 Toyota Bassmaster Angler of the Year. He's also four times runner-up in the Bassmaster Classic, Aaron Martins. Aaron will be with us live starting at 6 o'clock. Also, Phil Friedman and Jim Nelson will be in to pipe in on what's happening on the saltwater side. But before we get to all that, let me introduce to you the co-host of Rod Reel Radio. First, he is the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm alive and well, John. Good evening, everybody. Well, it's, it's another good one here, and, and things are starting to go in the freshwater, and they definitely heated up on the long-range stuff for the saltwater, and I can't wait because Tuesday I'm packing up, and Wednesday I'm gone. Wow, that sounds good. We've also had a great bite. The yellowtail have come back, too. We're going to talk a little bit about that with Phil Friedman. But first, let me introduce to you the other co-host of Ron Real Radio. She is the national sales manager for Iserline and many other fine products in the industry. Also, she is an outdoor enthusiast, both when it comes to hunting and fishing. She was gone last week on an elk hunt, but she's back with us tonight. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to listening to the show because I have no idea what's gone on this week because I was in seclusion out in the mountains in Colorado. Well, hey, I know, though, we've got a big meeting uh, coming up with the, uh, the Conservation uh, uh, Association, so we want to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, and, uh, Wendy, I hope you're going to be able to give us a report on that. 
I sure will. All right. Hey, let's see if we've got a first guest with us, though. He's owner-operator of Angler's Marine. The 2015 Bassathon is right around the corner. Let's see if we can say hello to him. Mr. Rick Grover. Rick, how you doing this evening? Good. How you doing? Hey, we, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, Rick, thanks for being with us. I know this is a busy time of the year. You're, you're getting a lot of things done. But, you know, before we talk about 2015, just for those people that have been living in a cave or have been under a rock for the past 20 years or so, give us a little history of the Bassathon. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you, John, you, you know that there's a reason that my beard and your beard are both have a lot of gray in them. <laughs> this is the 29th Bassathon. Tough stuff, but uh, the Bassathon is uh, really a great, uh, fun event for all of our customers, and uh, it, it's a bass fishing only hardcore tackle show where a lot of the real small manufacturers that you're not going to see at an ICAST show or uh, anywhere at a Thread Hall show or anything uh, uh, have a, a lot of displays and, and bring the new products to bear that uh, have really set the bar for bass fishing in the United States, you know, I mean, things like RoboWorm, sink, the Senko, uh, the Huddleston, uh, the, the the Triple Trout, all that stuff, all made their debut at the Bassathon, uh, and this is our 29th year, we have a ton of great vendors, John and Doug, the tackle guys at Niagara's Green have done a great job of uh, putting together a good show for everybody, you can do lots of trickery stuff, um, I know that... Uh, you know, Andrew Hinkle from down there in San Diego is going to have a display and have some of his trick baits, which we had him standing in line for last wow. year in the morning. Um, but uh, there's going to be some great, great stuff. And along the fact that we also have the world's best bass guys, uh, and you have a great bass guy coming along after me, Aaron Martin, holy cow, man, I'm, I, I hate to perceive that guy. as one of the best of all time. Um, but uh, this year we have a great lineup of guys, Edwin Evers, uh, Bassmaster Classic Champion Casey Ashley, uh, Skeet Reese, one of the biggest there is, Justin Kerr. Uh, how about Joe Uribe Jr.? Nobody hotter on the West Coast going to be there to do a workshop uh, to go along with uh, the great uh, Cody Meyer from Northern California, one, uh, really a very good fisherman. I think it was second and third in FLW Anchor of the Year this year on the tour. And... Um, Always, as we've had the last seven or eight years, we have our Lawrence training uh, seminars, which are free. They bring in all the latest and greatest units. If you really want to get in-depth on how to read your fish finders, uh, it's a free seminar. Normally, you'd pay a hundred to a couple hundred bucks to uh, get that seminar, but at Angler's Green at the Bathtown, it's free. So, it's the 21st, 22nd this year in uh, November at the Anaheim store. And it should be a lot of fun. Lunch is uh, always made by In-N-Out Burger. And, um, you know, be there. We have a great sale on all the boats, uh, all the tackles on sale. Uh, we have an incredible Shimano promotion this year, um, a rod exchange, which is you can bring in any any rod and get, uh, I believe it's $100 off on a G. Loomis rod. Uh, I mean, you can bring a Snoopy rod in and get a hundred dollars off. On that. So, I mean, <laughs> That's uh, pretty cool. There's there's some great promotions that uh, John has worked out this year for us, and that should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. It's always a highlight of our year, and um, you know, I'm sure Stan will be there wandering around and seeing what the latest and greatest is. And Wendy's always there. Wendy, I saw your picture. It looks like you shot a big elk the other day. So 
Always excited to uh, see you guys. You know, Rick, I can't believe it's year 29. <laughs> yeah, can you believe that? It goes mm-hmm. fast. Next year will be the 30th basketball, and I can promise you it'll be a real blowout. We've already secured a bunch of the guests. There's going to be some of the greatest uh, Angus Marine Bassathon guests over the last 30 years will be there. It'll be a ton of fun, and uh, man, time really flies when you're having fun, and, and I mean, we all get to make a living in the fishing business, and uh, there's a lot of people that are really jealous about that, but uh, it's, it's, it's really a lot of fun and a great business to be involved in. It's the, it's the best business ever, or the best industry to be involved with, that's for sure. You, next year, you need to have it the first weekend in November. That's, that's the, that makes it easier for me to get there because Tuesday I climb on a boat and go chase those 200 and 300-pound tunas for two weeks and then come home and fly to Texas. Stan, I don't well, well, this, well, this year, Stan, all you needed to do was go out in the first week of July or August. They were all over the place right here in yeah. the water. Well, I was out there then, too. Yeah. You know, and you don't, you don't want to tempt tradition, that's for sure. Hey, uh, you know, Rick, You've been doing this for 29 years. I think I know the answer to this, but with all the new innovations that have come up in the fishing tackle market, are there one or two things that have you know been introduced? Because the Bassathon at Anglers Marine is always on the leading edge of being to introducing the, the first of something, the first of a trend. Uh, what are some of the things that come to mind that were really the trendsetters that, that appeared there first at the Bassathon? Well, probably the biggest thing, uh, I, I remember when, uh, you know, Lucky Craft Lure Company, who is one of the main staples, there's probably four or five really big lure companies uh, in the bass fishing business, Lucky Craft being one of them. And I remember when the very first Lucky Craft tank baits and jerk baits were introduced there by Leonard Hashimoto and Bill Craig. I believe that was in, I'm going to say, 1986 or 87. Uh, and look how big they are. They're a national, international company now, uh, you know, with, you know, some of the best pro staff guys there are on the planet. Uh, you know, Gary Yamamoto, he started out as a stand nose as a Twin Keys guy, and, um, you know, it, uh, that's thrown into the Senko was introduced there, the Ica, a lot of the new baits that, uh, you know, everybody seems to throw this day and age, the Robo Worm. Uh, you know, Ken Huddleston. I mean, how many Huddleston swim baits have been sold? You know, the swim bait business has really been probably the biggest thing at the Bassathon. Every year, there's something new. Last year was the year of the rat. You know, everybody's there's a bunch of new rats this year that I know of. The Wood Row Rat's going to be there. There's some new swim bait companies coming. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been a little bit of everything. All the hand, all the trick hand poured worms. And just the... Just the advancement in, you know, rods and reels, how much lighter they've gotten, how much better the reels cast they ever have. Um, you know, the, the, the electronics advances that we have now with all the side-scanning sonar uh, and, you know, down-scan everything that uh, is now normal uh, on a really good fish finder. You know, that stuff was, you know, I don't know when Don ciphered. That's a long time ago. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys did, did the very first Lawrence seminar at the basketball, and we had flashers. I mean, that's what we had. And, it was, <laughs> and, and you know, was, you know, he was my sponsor the first year. That, got, that was back in 1981. Yeah. Um, something or, like that. You know, something like that when, when, he, when I switched from Vexlar to 
to Lawrence, but Seifert was the guy that ran ran the Lawrence system back then. It's been a long while, man. I can't believe 29 years of Bassathon. I'll, I'll give it this. I think Rick Grover has done more to influence bass fishing uh, in the western United States than anybody else anywhere. Uh, he's his pro staff guys and the Bassathon and his reach to with the either champion or, or ranger or any of the boat lines that he's had touched probably more anglers out west than any any other place and that I can think of. But you've done a great job, buddy. You know, well, and, it's a lot of fun, and I've been very, very lucky. And, 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 and Angler's Marine is only as successful as the great employees that we surround ourselves with. I have great staff at both stores, you know, Art and Curtis and Joe and the guys in San Diego do a great job, and Jordan and all the mechanics and Mark and Kyle and uh, Tom, all the sales guys at the Anaheim store, the John and Doug, the top guys, they do a great job. It's all about who you surround yourself with. And uh, we've had some great employees over the years, you know, that have really done well. I mean, uh, you know, little Joe worked for me for 17 years, little Joe Uribe Jr. now. You know, he and Kyle are running neck and neck to try and win the Angler of the Year in FLW every year. And, I mean, they started out fishing team tournaments together when they were 13. I had to drive them to the lake, you know. So, yep. it was... Uh, it's been some crazy times, and uh, like I said, John, a lot of gray beards, man. You and I are right in the hunt. <laughs> you know, Rick, you know, we we talk about you always being on the leading edge of tackle for the Bassathon, but when it comes to one of the real reasons for the Bassathon being there, it's the great values and deals that you can show people on boats, and I've got to believe that 2015 is going to be no different than the preceding 28 years. Yeah, we have some incredible specials this year. I know that, uh, especially on the Ranger side, they really go all out. This is the kind of the start of the promotional year for Ranger, even nationwide. They watch our Bassathon to see how the responses are for the promotions that we do, to see how they're going to set the bar for the rest of the country. Um, it's just a lot of fun. You know, what makes the Bassathon great is that even if you're if, even if you're not there to do a major seminar, there's a lot of really great fishermen. I mean, some of the world's best just walking around. I know that Jared Littner's going to be there. Brent Ayler's going to be there. You'll see Mike Folkstad. All sorts of really good pros that, uh, you know, they're just there. And, you know, you got a question. You want to learn how to bass fish. It's all about learning, learning how. That's what it's all about. You know, just come to the show and get one of these guys pinned over in the corner and, you know, have them show you how to do whatever it is you want to do. You want to learn how to tie a certain knot. You want to learn how to drop shot. You want to learn how to read your fish finder. That's what, that's what the Bassathon is for. It's just a well, great Rick, learning tool. It's 100% free. And uh, just come enjoy yourself. Rick, you must have been listening to some of the seminars you've had over the years because kudos have to go out to you for your own fishing, and we've got to congratulate you for the great job you did at the FLW Kerr Lake event. Congratulations yeah, to you, man. Well, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed, um, you know, going to those events with my son, Kyle. You know, we did a practice together. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not going to take a whole lot of credit because I'm going to tell you, it, 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 when you go to FLW as a co-angler, um, you know, really, the onus really needs to be on the pro partners that you get. I mean, the pros that you get to draw in those tournaments really make or break your day. And um, at the Clear Lake event, I mean, I had really great draws. I mean, I drew Cody Meyer the first day, 
And uh, it was just like a buddy's team tournament. We just went and caught him and had a good time. And luckily I got a couple of really good bites. And uh, the next day I threw one of San Diego's best, my old buddy Ed Arlich from down there, kind of a uh, two oh old guys. And, and uh, we, we had a great time. I'll tell you a funny story. You know, uh, the second day I lost a 10-pounder at the boat. <laughs> and uh, and I, I hooked it on a spinning rod, a really light line. It really ran me around the boat three or four times. And, and here you have, you know, Ed Arlick, 70-something years old, and I'm almost 60, and we're running around as the biggest Chinese fire drill you've ever seen. I think Ed broke his net trying to net it. We have, it just ended up breaking me off on his power pole. But, um, you know, it, it didn't hurt me in the tournament. I, I still, you know, Ed put me on plenty of fish where I could uh, stay in the lead after the second day. And the last day I got to fish with my old buddy, little Joe, who is uh, really... You know, Kramer, well, George Kramer's top 40 is going to come out. If Joe was living in California, my guess is Joe would have been number one this year. But, uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of fun to fish with Joe, and uh, he's a great fisherman. We had a fun time that day. But, uh, really, success on the non-voter side and on the FLW Tour, you got to be able to catch him, yes. But, uh, you know, let's put, the, let's put the, uh, the credit where the credit is due. The credit is those great pros that go out there and take their time to practice you know, find the fish, and uh, and and make it so you have an enjoyable day. Well, oh. don't sell yourself short. You know, I put under your Facebook thing, <laughs> "Hooray for the old guys." You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because every once in a while, the old guys get lucky. But I'm going in the front next year. I'm looking forward to the Shasta tournament. I uh, got myself a new Ranger 520 this year, and and looking to go up in the front boat where it should be. And uh, you know, hopefully, I can compete because I'm really excited about. If I get a chance to make it the fish off next year uh, for the effort for the Rayovac Championship is at Table Rock Lake in Missouri. I've got to spend a lot of time there as my dad used to live there, so I know the lake real well and uh, looking forward to trying to go back there and make the FLW Cup. Man, I hope you make it. That would be absolutely phenomenal fun. Right. Well, well you know, the ultimate dream I got to I got to see last year with uh, two of the West best father son combos got to make it to the FLW Cup and on the Coinder side you know, Sonny Hawk won the co-angler side, and Roy Hawk, they both made it to the FLW Cup, and that would be a dream come true for me, for Kyle and I. So, oh, would that, that would be, be awesome. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. So, that would be, uh, that FLW, would be great. FLW. Well, you know what? I, I, I'll tell the people out there that, you know, Rick and I fished against each other, around each other for years. Um, way back when, when, when you fished boater to boater, and you're, you're in the same right. boat fishing against each other. Um, but Rick is no slouch of an angler to, to put in the back of the boat. You know, all of the guys you drew had to be going, yeah, baby, <laughs> or uh-oh, one of the two, <laughs> because Rick, is, Rick has got all the talent in the book. Well, we got well, I, 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 had some, I had some great partners this year. You know, the very first event at Lake Havasu, I finished fourth, and uh, I really drew some guys that didn't really know the lake real well, so they were real... Uh, real appreciative of the fact that, you know, I had spent quite a bit of time there and, you know, we just went fishing and, you know, I was lucky enough to test a few to make the top ten in that one and then the Delta, you know, I drew a couple of really nice guys um, and and enjoyed my tournament there. I really like the uh, venues that, you know, the Rayovac Tour picks to go to. I mean, they, they we don't have a whole lot of them out here, but, man, they really go to Great Lakes. I mean, tough to be clear. I mean, I haven't been to Clear Lake since 1979, and um, I mean, I, I, I'm just you know slapping myself every day, thinking, man, why haven't you spent more time up there? That place is phenomenal. Yeah. And 
you know, same thing with the Delta. Delta is probably my new favorite place in California. I don't think that if you fish the Delta every day for the rest of your life, you could fish the whole thing. I mean, it's a spectacular fishery. It's not that far from Southern California. I mean, really, we drive a long way to go to Lake Mead and to go to Lake Havasu. I mean, for another hour's drive, you can be at the Delta. I mean, it is spectacular fishing. And, um... You know, this year I'm looking forward to going to Shasta because, you know, Stan, it's kind of old school just like us. It's, uh, you know, fish on the meter and, uh, you know, fishing offshore structure, and uh, that's kind of an old guy specialty. So, yeah, what time? Of, when is that tournament, Rick? That tournament's in February. Oh, it's baby, yeah, you're all over and it. Raining and, you know, really cold and all the cool stuff and a lot of big spotted bass, so it should be, it should be a neat event. Well, Rick, the, the 2015 Bassathon at Anglers of Marine in Anaheim is right around the corner. You want to give us the details on sure. when uh, that's going to be happening and where we can get more information about it? The Anglers Marine Bassathon, you can see it right on the front of our website at www.anglersmarine.com. There'll be a big insert coming out this week in the Western Outdoor News with quite a few of the specials and stuff on there. You can see some of the boat sales uh, things they are. It's November 21st and 22nd at the Anaheim location for Anglers Marine, which is 3475 East La Palma Avenue in Anaheim. Our phone number is 714-666-2628. Um, it should be a lot of fun. Get there early. Find a parking place. If you want to park across the street in the Kaiser parking lot, that's fine. They don't seem to mind. And, um, you know, come down and, and learn a little bit. Get a little bit of good food. We'll have a bunch of donuts in the morning and coffee for everybody. And, um... Should be a lot of fun. Plan to come hey, early and stay late. Yeah, uh, Wendy. Yeah, we have um, a gigantic. I, I, we have a giant raffle on Sunday. So I mean, uh, if you want to come back on Sunday, you'll get raffle tickets the entire time you're there. And uh, we have a huge raffle on Sunday with lots of great stuff to give away. Hey, Rick, I want to know if you guys are going to have that new um, inshore ranger. Yes, 20- I have. You uh, are going to have that there. Oh, absolutely. I have all the new Rangers. They just came out with a really nice, small, um, very moderately priced, really nice little center console aluminum bay boat. And um, that thing will sell like hotcakes. John, you want to talk about the ultimate San Diego little bay boat? I mean, it'll be a great boat down there for fishing the inshore stuff. Um, But, you know, the Ranger saltwater boats are really taking the West Coast by storm. They... They've become very, very popular, and, uh, you know, they've been kind of the choice of the SWBA and the SBS Calico Bass guys. Um, you know, they have those older Bay Champion hulls in their evening, which means they're going to be great rough water boats along with all the great features that Ranger has incorporated, and uh, they've been very, very popular. So, uh, yeah, you'll see, some, you'll see some really new ones there. Oh, right. So, talk about that aluminum, the, the aluminum, you know, the, the new one you've got that's a center console. Talk, talk a yes. little bit about that. How big is it? What will it take for horsepower? Uh, that, that boat, is, it's called an RP-190. It's actually 18.8. Uh, it's got big front and rear fishing decks. It's got a big lie well that will take, you know, 30 pounds of calico bass if you want to put them in there. Uh, it's got a flip-up driver's seat with two uh, sit-down uh, seats that, that uh, with a lid clips down and bent to make the rear deck larger. Uh, rated for 115. Uh, it's just a you know a great little inshore boat that uh, would be probably a phenomenal breakwater boat. Um, very dry, 
Uh, you also got the you know, comes with an aluminum with Ranger Trail trailer. Now, Ranger doesn't do anything cheap. Anything, if it says you raise your name on the side, it's going to be world class quality. So, all uh, right. Well, Rick, we look forward, and uh, yeah, and you'll get to see him. This is the, we just got him in this week. It's going to be the kind of the world premiere. Will be at the Bass Pond. Even the guys at Striper Fish and Trout Fish are going to like that one. Yes, yes, they will. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Rick, we look forward to seeing you at the 2015 Bassathon, November 21st, 22nd at Anglers Marine in Anaheim. Thanks a lot for being with us and uh, giving up some of your Sunday to share not only the information on the Bassathon, but uh, your great fishing victory at Clear Lake. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Well done, amigo. Well done. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, we have gone way over time. Uh, this is Rod and Reel Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Coming up next, Phil Friedman. Stay tuned. More Rod and Reel Radio to come. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. 
Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara. And now it's time for What the Heck is Phil Thinking? With the voice and host of PFO Radio, Mr. Phil Friedman. Phil, how are you tonight, sir? Good evening, John, Wendy, Stan, and everybody. It's great to be with you all. It is great seeing you. You know, we thought with these fronts going through uh, that maybe the season of 2015 might have, might be over, but you know what? They fooled us, Phil. They're still here. Not so fast, John. You're absolutely right. I mean, man, the Cortez Bank this weekend was absolutely incredible. Look at the Oceanside 95, 153 yellowfin tuna, 189 yellowtail, a bunch of skipjack and bonita, nulo ann with 100 on each species, yellowfin and yellowtail and a bunch of skipjack and bonita. Great fishing out there. I heard of some private boaters catching Wahoo down around San Diego. There's still local yellowtail around. There was a marlin hooked at San Clemente Island today on the anchor on board the Thunderbird. And he also had a yellowfin tuna and some yellowtail. It's just crazy what's going on. And as you said, John, there's no end in sight. Definitely no end in sight. You know what? We've got a new species out there, Phil. There is a great trident missile bite out there right now, if I recall. Oh, my God, I know. How about that? That was incredible, crazy stuff. I mean, you you and I were looking for something new, and now we've got the trident missile bite to add to the season. You know, Phil, I, I don't know if you've looked at it or not, but the uh, Navy has uh, cordoned off a whole huge area, uh, you know, for not being not flying over. Have you heard anything about any areas being closed off because of uh, the testing that the Navy's doing right now uh, when it comes to boaters. John, I didn't look at the specifics. I saw the story but didn't delve into it. I did not look th- look at the specifics of that. I'm sorry about that. You know, I, I just looking at the area as, as a flyover area, it doesn't really look like it's an area that would affect any boaters, but I, I've got to believe somewhere along the line, if you're going to go in that area and there's something happening, they're going to chase you out there pretty quickly. Kind of like going over to the, uh, San Clemente when the areas are closed off there and when boaters come in. Absolutely, and, and a lot of boaters have been to San Clemente. I know years ago when I was a kid decking on the Tornado, we had it going on, and that's when I was uh, 17, 18 years old with a guy named John Dipley running the Tornado. We'd go to Clemente on a regular basis and get chased out of there every once in a while, and that still goes on today. Wow. You know, they've been really active about shelling the islands here for about three or four months, so this has been an ongoing deal with the Navy out there. It's been pretty active. 
Yeah, it's funny how a little thing like national security can get in the way of a uh, blue perch bite once in a while. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, Phil, let's let's uh, change gears for a little bit. Uh, uh, a few months ago, we heard that the uh, Mexican government was going to close Mexican waters to the taking of bluefin tuna. We were still allowed to go down there with uh, our uh, passports, and we have the right visas to take yellowfin, rockfish, yellowtail, all that kind of stuff. And now there's been a little change in that, and it's still hard to interpret. Can you give us a little background on this bluefin uh, deal in Mexican waters and how you perceive this change is going to affect uh, fishermen from this side of the border going down south? I will do my best, John. And as you know, it's very complex. It's ambiguous. Here recently, Conopesca put out a norma, and they said that now there will be allowed two bluefin tuna per rod for barcos de bandera mexicana, barcos with flying the Mexican flag. And that's subject to some interpretation, and that's part of what is going on. Also, there is an importación temporal, a temporary importation permit that may be granted to U.S. boats on a temporary basis and allow them to take bluefin tuna. Now, as I say, this is a really complex kind of a situation. And the reason why it is is because you have several entities here, really two that are going head-to-head at times, and they don't always agree. And we're talking about the federal government in Mexico and the state government. And so it gets a little bit complex, and then you add to it, that some Mexicans down there, and I'm not talking about, well, I'm talking about the public at large, but I'm also talking about people in higher positions, levels that can affect these kinds of decisions. They are dead set against any U.S. sport fishing boats fishing for bluefin tuna in Mexican waters. And you ask why? I've been down there for several meetings here over the past couple of years. One of those reasons, and I'm just repeating what the Mexicans are telling me, so you know, don't don't shoot don't the, shoot the, the messenger. messenger. Uh, one of those things is those in-your-face violations by some U.S.-based sport boats, where they just came down into Mexican waters, and a lot of us, you, me, a lot of people were pleading, "Don't do it," and it kept going on and on and on. That's one thing that has really got one of the sources that we work with really upset, and he says to me, and he could be wrong, and uh, you know how volatile these things are. He says that U.S. sport or U.S. sport boats are not going to be included in this. And we can keep that for about thirty seconds. The way things go like this, there's also people publicly encouraging violations of Mexican law. I sat in on one of those such presentations down there at a fishing seminar in San Diego, where a guy that's pretty high up in an organization blatantly recommended to the public in a seminar that they violate Mexican law. He referred to Mexicans in a very, very pejorative way. And a lot of us were sitting there with our jaws dropped open. That, by the way, when I uh, objected to that, that, by the way, was followed by a lot of threats from people in his organization toward me. And so, you know, the Mexicans are, are listening to this kind of thing. You know, they are way, way, way up in terms of monitoring the situation down in Mexico. Now, you know, first of all, Mexico is highly bilingual, John. They put a high value on learning another language. So when they're watching the Internet and especially social media, it's very popular in Mexico, they see a lot of things that are going on. I've had government officials say to me, you know, 
we watch these guys post all these bluefin being taken on U.S. sport boats, yet the boats are not turning in any count. Do they not think we know what's going on? Do they think we're that dumb? And that is what I have heard from a lot of the authorities down there. And so you have a real problem. You have a lot of people down there who are against this kind of thing. And, you know, I'll tell you another situation. A lot of the Mexican higher-ups love the outdoors and love to fish. And one, two, that are way, 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 way up in the Mexican government were out on a particular day. I won't say when and where, but they filmed a very popular U.S. sport boat violating Mexican law and I'll tell you, both these guys are horrified, and they have the video, and they have not released it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me that they use that as some kind of leverage in the future. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about that kind of a thing. So there's a lot of this that goes on. And, and, and the, the reality, John, that we need to stress is the vast majority of U.S. sport boats are like Buzz Brizendine of the Prowler or Tommy Rothery of the Polaris Supreme, who have obeyed Mexican laws their entire lives and done the right thing. And you know what they say about one bad apple and how that can really mess things up. So we've got that all going on. So it's let me very... let me ask a question, Phil. Yeah, the, you were saying that there were there was an, the, a U.S. somebody from the U.S. was actually in a meeting saying that they we should violate the the rules. And no, then no, no, you, no. You yeah. spoke up against that, and they and they threatened you. Yeah, I mean, well, this was a seminar, so it was done in front of, like, 40 people. And, you know, one guy objected strenuously to the, what the guy was saying. It was in a seminar in San Diego, and it was tactics on how you can win the seminar. And this was when the bluefin ban was fully in effect, Stan. And this guy stood up there and said, you know what, forget Mexico. Just go down to the pen, and, you know, you can catch those things full speed down there. And if the Mexicans come up on you, fillet them out real quick and tell them they're yellowfin. They'll never know the difference. And we're sitting, you know, we're sitting there shocked. And, and, and the Mexicans get word of this, and they hear this. And as I say, it's mostly good people, but one or two bad apples like that can really foul things up. And that's where we're at. And, you know, good relations with Mexico, uh, Stan and Wendy and John, it's way more important than, say, violating uh, fish and game laws up here, fish and wildlife laws, because... You know, we have a vote up here. We can vote. Uh, and they're not going to ban the citizens from fishing up here in the U.S. At least we hope they're not. But Mexico, we don't have those rights. So if we force them into that kind of a situation, things could really, really get dicey. I think what we need to ban is the kind of uh, are the people that are, were doing those kind of actions. Those people are the people that should be banned. Um, I'm they shouldn't you. be able and to I ride know. a boat out of, out of San Diego. They shouldn't be able to fish in our waters. Because if you're yeah. going to be directly against what we're actually standing for, you shouldn't be involved in any way, shape, or form with our sport. No, I have to agree with you. And I know I know uh, the love you have for Mexico. Every time I'm talking about that, you're here, here. And I know John. I've seen John down there on the Rosarita Beach Pier teaching kids how to fish. Um, so it's a dicey situation. Uh, sport boats may very well get the right to fish for bluefin tuna. How long that lasts? The opposition down there is still really, really strong with a lot of folks for good reason. And so we really, you know, I mean, the, the bad apples, as you're pointing out, Stan, need to be cleaned up. That has to go away. There's no doubt about it in my mind. And we have to show Mexico and Mexicans the respect they deserve. 
and we should be down on our hands and knees kissing the ground and thanking God that we have the right to go into those waters and fish, and we have such great neighbors to the south. That's really what we should be doing. What really should happen, too, is we should hold those people accountable for what they did, those people that violated the, pro- the, the rules, and, and they've actually got film. I mean, that, those people should be, they should be brought to justice on that situation. You, if you're not going to be a part of our industry, if you're not going to support what we do, then you should, you should pay the price price on this and, and i mean there is uh, that i think mexico would would honor that too uh we can't continue to be wrong and think we're okay being right absolutely and you know this the the kind of dialogue that we're having right now i think goes a long way with the mexicans if they hear more and more gringos talking like that and they can see that we're just trying to be honest and and fair about this situation instead of you know just kind of poor-mouthing and, and, you know, showing up when you want something with a gift or something like that. A more consistent, good, brotherly, sisterly kind of relationship between our two countries is what's going to keep things open, and it's going to keep things harmonious between our countries and with fishing and everything else. It would be the same if you had people. I mean, look at all the people that travel to Baja and, and on the East Cape to, to Cabo and the West Coast, too. Uh, to fish and enjoy the everything about Mexico, I I just absolutely love it. But but you know, every once in a while, you get a bad apple from the Mexican side too that they have problems with the drug lords or or uh, somebody that's causing problems in one of the cities. It has no reflection on on really how the rest of the everything works. It's just once in a while that happens. But those people are brought to justice the same way. It it yeah, should be. The people that made the problem should be brought to, you know, pay the price. Absolutely, because the vast majority, and I look at Buzz on the Prowler, and I look at Tommy and Amir and so many other captains down there who have never, ever violated any Mexican laws and, and in fact, are down on deck. Tommy is one of those guys. He's down on deck instructing people about why these rules are in effect and why we need to obey them. I mean, that's the kind of captains we need. Those are the guys we need. And thank God that they are in the vast majority. And I think if we just clean up the bad apples, we're going to be okay. I'll vote for that. Tommy Rothery is a great guy. <laughs> he and his wife are, are super people. And he's always been on that side. So, you know, we just, and most, every one of the guys that I know that we fish with out of San Diego, they're all on that same page. But if we got somebody that's, that's turned the page, then they should be brought to justice. That's all i got to say. Well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, even though if you go down there and you get involved in an activity that's illegal or you're taking fish illegally, just because you don't get caught doesn't necessarily mean that someone isn't monitoring you or someone doesn't know. And we saw it in the past that if the authorities want to completely cut out fishing, for U.S. fleet and, and U.S. fishermen in Mexican waters, they can really easily do it. We saw that it was done. The efforts of a lot of good people it took to at least get the fishing the way we have it now so we can still go out on there and enjoy it. But if there's a couple of bad apples that thumb their nose up at, quote-unquote, the Mexican system, they can shut that down and... I've got a feeling with the as high up as this goes, Phil, as you're saying, they don't care if the local Monpa businesses in Mexico or wherever it is, if those people suffer because of it, 
they'll shut it down and just tell us, hey, you aren't welcome there anymore, and uh, you know we'll tell you when to come back. And it, it won't make any difference. It'll hurt everybody in the long run. Yeah, you're right, John. And, and it doesn't have to be that way. It really does not have to be that way. The Mexican people are such wonderful people. I've spent a lot of time in Mexico living there and traveling there. And, of course, we continue to, to do things in the community down there. In fact, I met a guy, Steve Bermudez, who's listening to your show right now. He's headed to Ensenada tomorrow, and I was able to give him some hospital supplies for a guy down in Ensenada. He's going to take that down and get that to him. And then Black Friday, we are going to be collecting all kinds of school supplies as well as toys for the kids of Tecate, Baja, California, for Dia de Reyes. So, uh, you know, that's the way it should be. And, and, I, and I have so many dear friends on the other side of the border that I just hate to see this kind of thing going on. And with proper leadership and things headed in the right direction, I think we're going to be just fine. But it's, it, the answer to your question is it's very, very complex. And while it looks like it could happen, there's a big, big sentiment on the other side of this that, will be pushing the other way. And if it does happen, they'll continue to push. And so it's very tentative and very, very volatile. It's a very fluid situation. Well, I think the sports fishing fleet will be working it out. And when the time comes that they can go down there, they'll go down there. But one of the things, again, we advise that you do no matter what, whether you have it or not, get your passport. Get your passport card because if this fishery opens up or the fishery, the fishing continues like we're seeing it right now and fishing deep yellowtail down there and great rock cod fishing. And, and Stan, he's going to be leaving here in a few days. And, and Stan, you're looking forward to fishing in Mexican waters too, aren't you? I'm going to be down there for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, you uh, lucky guy. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that's the deal here. Those big fish have uh, come back around. You know, it's kind of like reminds me a little bit of what happened in 2005. Um, the big fish come around the corner. They've got fish to 300 pounds. I'm talking tuna right now. Um, I know the Indy had them to 304 the, uh, on the last trip. Um, our trip leaves Wednesday morning. At, you know, we got to be down at 6 o'clock at the dock. So uh, I just look forward to the time we're spending offshore there, and we'll go in and out of maybe Mag Bay or down to Clarion or out to the bank. I'm, to, I'm not sure where we're going to go. But the thrill of it is I've got – Basically, there's 30 guys here, so there's there's 29 other guys on the boat that'll be. They've spent tons of money, and they've they've got new equipment, and they're ready to rock and roll. I've got six different boat captains from the East Coast that are charter boat captains from anywhere from North Carolina to Massachusetts or whatever it is up north and up toward the uh, New York area, and they're going to be riding with me to catch this big fish that's down here. So. It's pretty exciting for me. I love this stuff. It's just the most fun when you can get a chance to go catch them big ones. Well, you know, Stan, as B.B. King would say, if the Mexicans were to close that up to fishing, the thrill would be gone for now. So, Well, that's why I'm saying, you know what, if they've got video of, of people that are breaking the law or their law, they ought to throw it down, and honestly, we ought to be the guys American side ought to put their foot down here and say, hey, you know what? If you were wrong, you're going to have to pay the piper. Somewhere along the way, that has to be dealt with. I think that's really only fair. They're putting down their rules. Okay, we are available to, to go by the rules. Look at what's happened at Guadalupe Island. That's been kind of shut down for a while, but now there's some boats that have gotten the, 
the licensing to go out there, and the fishing's been absolutely great. And, and the guys, the anglers, will pay to go. They don't mind paying the price to, to the people in Mexico who want the money. Just let us continue to fish in the waters and continue to do what we do. And, and I think it would be a, a travesty for them to shut down that cash flow going into the, the country because there's money that, that goes both ways there. And that shuts down a lot of the people in tourism also. So uh, I just hope that they get this thing squared away and we continue to be on the same page. I mean, it's Baja, California. I'm, all, all parts in, 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 are included here. We travel. We've been going back and forth across the borders, both the Mexican population and the U.S. population since the beginning. So all uh, right. we, we hey, should continue this. Hey, Phil, you're, you know, as you... People can tell you're always on top of it. People want to get the latest news. Uh, uh, what's happening with you? Listen to the uh, Spanish-speaking program you have. How's the best way to do it? John, thank you so much. You can do that by going to www.pfomedia.com or go to www.aventurasaladelibre.com. And you can also check us out on Facebook at PFO or Aventura Salade Libre, Instagram, Google+, and all the social media and of course, we have a podcast here every Thursday at 12 noon. You can get that at pfomedia.com. As always, John, it's such a pleasure to be with you, Stan and Wendy. Good fishing. It looks like the season has yet to end. A lot more good fishing to come. All right, Phil Friedman, thank you very much. Guys, we've got to take a break right now. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on Radio Zion AM 540 or at com. Stay tuned. More to come. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring the hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at El CajonFord.com. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, normally at this time, we've got Jim Nelson with the Southern California Intro report, we're going to try and schedule Jim at about uh, 640. And coming up at 6 o'clock, we're going to have Pro Angler Aaron Martin's on with them. So hopefully we'll be making that connection. But in the few minutes we got left in the first hour of Ron Real Radio, I want to uh, talk with Wendy over here. Wendy, uh, as uh, Wayne Coto uh, uh, told us a few weeks ago, there is a very important meeting coming up for the Coastal Conservation Association of California and Long Beach. You, you want to tell us a little bit about that, please? Sure. John Bellotti is um, the L.A. chapter's new president, and he's going to have their first meeting at the Long Beach Rod and Gun Club at 3333 Pacific Avenue in Long Beach. And it'll be Wednesday, November 11th. The doors open at 5, and the meeting starts at 6.30 and will end about 8. If you'd like to attend, and everyone is welcome, come find out what CCA is all about. You can uh, reach them at C-C-A-C-A-L-L-A at yahoo.com. And uh, there's going to be lots of, there'll be food, there'll be drinks, there'll be raffle prizes. And our special guest speaker is going to be Pat Murray, the president of CCA. So he's flying in from Texas for this. And, and this group, um, our group, is about conserving the resource and anglers' access to it. So, you know, we're fighting, we're fighting for, you know, our friends and our buddies for access to the ocean, um, our, our coastal waterways, um, for, so we can fish. So um, hopefully uh, our listeners, if you guys are in the area or if you can arrange to make the time to come to the meeting and find out what, what we're all about, that would be great. I will be there. A lot of people in the fishing industry will be there, and we hope we see you there. It's a great meeting to come to. It's being put on by the L.A. chapter of the uh, Coastal Conservation Association. The uh, California director, Wayne Cotto, man, he's been running up and down the state. There are a number of issues that I know that the association wants to meet. You know, you've been told about different organizations and associations getting together to represent the fishermen. These guys look like it's the real deal, and they're going to be meeting. And this is going to be happening at the Long Beach Rod and Gun Club, 3333 Pacific Avenue in Long Beach. Doors open at 5 p.m. 
The meeting itself will start at 6.30, and as Wendy said, the head honcho of the uh, Coastal Conservation Association, Pat Murray, will be there. So you're going to get firsthand experience to see what this organization is about, what they have done, and where they plan to go, especially when it comes to the needs here in California. And, Wendy, I'm proud to say that uh, we have you with us, and you are one of the state board of directors on this, are you not? I am one of the board of directors, and um, along with great other people like Bill Shedd, uh, Dave Pfeiffer, Bart Hall, Mike Lum, Tommy Gomes, you know, Catalina Offshore Products, or, or uh, Uni Butter, um, I mean, you name it, um, there are so many people in our industry that are on this board that want to see our, our access available to our, our coastal waters. So we'll all be there. Come meet us. Come meet our new L.A. chapter um, board, and hopefully we'll be able to get some things done here in California. All right. If you want more information or you missed any of the details, you can go to Rod Real Radio on Facebook. We've got the uh, Coastal Conservation Association flyer that will be posted there. Please be there. Uh, you know, plan to, you know, find out what's happening, and we ask you, please plan to join. There's going to be a great raffle over there. All that money's going to go to the California chapter of the, uh, the Coastal Conservation Association. So a great place to go and, and uh, for a great cause. Hey, guys, this is a short segment. we got a break right now. Coming up next in the 6 o'clock era of uh, 6 o'clock hour, Aaron Martins is going to be with us. So stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and John will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Guano Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in La Mesa at 619-466-8355. 
Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Rod Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara. You know, it's been an exciting first hour of, you know, hearing about the fish coming back up again and uh, what's happening down in Mexico and all the other things. Also, with the the Coastal Conservation Association getting going. These are all important things happening, and we're glad we're listening tonight. Well, I hope we've got our next guest on. Uh, uh, is uh, by any chance Aaron with us? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Hey, right. <laughs> I'm staying outside. Well, you know, no one told me you were here, so let me give you a yeah. Let me give you a proper introduction uh, then, if we can. Hey, with us now is the 2005, 2013, and 2015 Toyota Bass Angler of the Year. He's also the four-time runner-up in the Bassmaster Classic and probably odds-on favorite to win the, the 2016 Bassmaster Classic, Mr. Aaron Martins. Aaron, welcome to the show, guy. Hi. How you guys doing? <laughs> I had to step outside where I, at the house I'm at. I'm, I'm at where I'm at the friend's house. And the kids are very noisy, so I had to. Well, step you know, Aaron, this is Stan. My brother Ken had. Uh, I told him that you were going to be on the show here. I talked to him about an hour ago, and he goes, "Well, tell Aaron I had uh, I said hi, and it was fun fishing against him since he since he started with his mom. He wanted to, uh, and he asked a question. He goes, "Is the picture of your mom and?" Uh, and Kenny and I are still on the website. I think it is. I don't know. I, it was, I think, your first trophy that you'd ever won in yeah. bass fishing. Yeah, that was probably, gosh, that was 88 or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was back when it was one of the first, it was one of your first, I think it was the first time you and your, you were fishing with your mom, the first trophy you guys had won. And uh, we won the, Kenny and I won the tournament, but Kenny was asking, uh, you know, do you think that, that picture was still on his website, and I go, I don't know. I'll ask him. He's going to be on tonight. <laughs> if it's on, it's still on there. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it is. Good Aaron, old days. 2015 has was a banner year for you. You were again angler of the year. Do you have to 
kind of pinch yourself and and say, man, is this real? Because, you know, there's getting to be more and more really good fishermen out there. And, I know. again, in 2015, good. you've topped them all. It's hard, to, it's hard to get AOI on the Elite Tour. So many things can happen. Uh, I mean, you know, if I got fortunate, I did have some mechanical issues here and there that were pretty bad ones, but they didn't cost me. I, I just kept on, uh, you know, a few issues, which could could have really caught it can cost you know something like that, and, and it, it could really hurt your whole season or ruin it. So, no, I just just been fishing really hard. I know I've matured a little bit as far as you know staying focused on the task ahead of me. I know that's a lot easier now, and uh, over the years, just having so many things happen to me and good things and bad, it's just kind of. I hope I can keep it up. Um, you know, you know, I run a lot, and that seemed to it has helped me a lot uh, to stay in a really good shape. It's a very physical sport, uh, especially on the elite tour. It's, it's like fishing, a, you know, ten or eleven, twelve opens a year. Uh, fast, you know, at Lake Mead. It's every term is tough, and and even the pre, the pre practice. So much I, I try to do it at the ones I'm not sure about. I'll, I'll drive, you know, two thousand miles to fish three days. Uh, I did that three or four times last year, just just to run the body of water like I'll probably do this next for the next season, you know, for the classic and maybe two or three other tournaments I'll try to pre-practice them. And that, that seems to really help me because, you know, I, I do all my own work and, you know, doing it the way I do it. If I go up there cold turkey with two and a half days practice and I miss a part of the lake that, you know, I didn't have a chance to fish and it is the, is the area of the lake I should have been. It could, you know, cost you a top 50 or keep you from winning the tournament. So um, being able to do all that and, and, and physically and, and mentally, it, it it requires more than just fishing. Uh, there's a lot a lot more to it, and I've become a well-rounded angler. I know I've worked hard at it. It's just uh, every year starts new, and you wonder if you can do it again. I've been I was close actually last year too, and it's just it's not that it's getting any easier. It's just I'm I've matured a lot, and and I've a lot you know my tackles down probably a quarter or probably like one third what I used to use take with me, but I still I got a ton of stuff and. Even that's helped me a lot, and that's just kind of fine-tuning my, uh, my this sport for me. has been a long process. You know, but yeah, mentally, I, yeah, everything's, everything's good. It's, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, and, and I still love fishing. And I hear you guys talking about the West Coast. and I, I grew up fishing the kelp, you know, all the, the whole West Coast, you know, for calicos and went on a bunch of halibut trips and, and yellowtail trips and, and tuna trips. I did all that growing up, and, and uh I still love fishing like I did when I, knew, I first met Stan and Ken in '88, or probably earlier than that. We met you guys, but uh, it was earlier. Still the same. I still love the I still love the fish, and you know, bad or good, I I I, I enjoy it, and I, I enjoy even the tough days, like which the last eight or ten days I've had out here in the West East Coast have been kind of the wrong fishers to go to. Uh, there's a lot better ones, but I've been forced to go to some of the ones that aren't weren't so good. And, you know, I had to work really, really hard to get six or seven fish a day, and I still enjoy those days as much as the uh, 50 or 100 fish days. And I think that's what, how you kind of need to be to be competitive at this sport. Aaron, we've had a whole bunch of text messages come in from you, and, and, and you've, you've touched on a few of the subjects. The first one, uh, Kenny from La Mesa wants to know, how do you deal with the pressure, or do you feel the pressure? Because you've got every tournament, you start off from new, you're fishing against... 150 of some of the best fishermen in the country. You've got sponsors. You've got financial responsibilities. You've got family. There, there's got to be a great amount of pressure on you to 
to perform and to exceed. How do you deal with that pressure? That's that's taken a while. Um, yeah, I got the two kids now, two, eight, and a twelve-year-old, and that's the hardest thing, of course, the family. And that takes uh, sacrifice for sure. Uh, they go to half the tournaments, even when they're there. I'm so busy. I can only spend maybe an hour a day with them at the most, and sometimes not even that much. And then, you know, sometimes I fish seven days, so I might go two weeks in a row like that. So that's the hardest part. And then, and then all of a sudden they're gone. They have to go back to school. Uh, you know, we did homeschool for like five or six years, but we wanted our kids to go to school, so we stopped doing that. And, and then, you know, eventually during the spring they're, they're just not there anymore. Our family's at home, and I'm I'm just flying all over the country kind of fishing these tournaments. And, it, and I've gotten better at kind of, you know, I'm gone away from the family. I'm fishing. That's my job, and, and I try to keep it fun, but it's, it's a lot of work. So I think about them a lot, but uh, there's a lot of things. There's, you know, spectator boats. You know, sometimes I have 100 boats on me, you know, following me around wherever I go, and you know, if anybody knows me, I kind of like to keep everything as natural as possible when I come into an area. So it kind of it kind of creeps up on your mind too. And but you kind of learn to ignore things that are against your control. And if you can learn to do that in stressful situations, um, you do a lot better. And you know, Aaron, you've always been it. you've always been really focused. I mean, I've fished against you and around you and uh, for shoot forever, but. And you've always been very focused, and and I know you were probably under more of uh, a tense situation, uh, especially growing up and getting into the professional circuits, and and then moving and getting involved with the the elite series like this. But have you gotten to the point where you you're able to relax more, and your confidence level is up to the point where uh, you you're not as amped up, and now and you're a little bit more relaxed going into the tournaments. Mm, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's relaxing. <laughs> I'm not relaxed ever. No. Well, no, but I, I mean, actually, there used I'm to be that was you were amped up all the time. It sounds like yeah. you've got a little better idea of you know I'm, now if you fished a lot of the lakes, you know your your confidence is up obviously because that's really a part of the sport is knowing that you can catch the fish and going out and actually you know doing your job. That helps. It helps being able to fish too, um, and knowing as much as I've learned. Uh, yeah, when I hit a lake, I'm, I'm, it's just uh, the, the fun part for me is actually competing, actually, actually the fishing part. Uh, but the, all, all the pre-fish and, the, and the, those aren't really, that's more like hard work. Um, that's work. You're not really hooking fish. You're trying to shake them off. You're trying to get a feel for how big the fish are. But you don't want to stick that many. you got to be really careful. You don't, you know, and, uh, you know, key fish, you could hook it. It could win your tournament. So there's a lot of stress there, and that's all work. And, um but the first day of the tournament is usually the, it's usually like race day. I guess it's when the, you're at the starting line and you're, you're a drag racer and the, the lights are getting ready to turn green. I'm sure all the fun for those guys is when they get to hit the gas pedal, and that's kind of how it is fishing. It's all, everything's work until I'm on the water and actually fishing, and that, that's how it, I think it should be because then you're at, that's, that's your comfort zone and, and decisions. You know, I have, you know, it's always, you, know, you have a, ton of things going through your brain at the same time and you're trying to figure out how to catch more fish and you know should i make a run you have all these spots you can go to and and timing and you watch the weather and everything kind of goes together and that's fun for me i like that part of it the tackle organization and the preparation pre-fish to me is is not so much fun unless i'm going like pre-practicing and i get to actually go catch them like normal but pre-practice for us isn't it's four days of or three and a half three days of kind of 
not having fun. Like you're you're working. And it's, I think it's the same for a lot of guys. I can tell, and uh, because we can't catch them, and we're not trying to catch them. Then you know that's so we're just out there shaking fish off on the <laughs> getting ready to catch them. And uh, yeah, it's it's I got it pretty much figured out that part of it. It's, it's uh, you know all the all the West Coast um, uh, adventures I had out there. They've helped me a lot. You know, fish, fishing uh, from a young age out there and coming out coming out here, it's all helped me uh, tremendously. But it's uh, it's fun for me still. That's what's important. And um, you know, the families, you know, my kids understand now. They see how it works, and it's kind of neat to see the process of them growing up and and understand you know what I really do. Uh, you know, for a long time when they're young, they don't just daddy's gone all the time. They don't, they think I'm not fishing, but they don't understand doing that job, which is kind of funny. You know, uh, Aaron uh, uh, Kelly from uh, San Fernando sent in a. a Another uh, question for you, and uh, you happen to mention that you're paring down the uh, uh, the amount, the number of lures that you bring in. And what do you want to know? Or what were some of your go-to lures in 2015 that were constantly producers for you? And and how do you, how did you actually know when to use them and and when to pick up some other lure and to use that? Well, I've always it's always been a crankbait. Um, that's usually been the go-to lure um, on tour, but this year it just depends where they put us. You know, they put us in a lot of shallow grassy lakes. Uh, you know, not a lot of contour. Um, I mean, a few lakes we fish were, but they really set to be like more of like a chatterbait, swimbait, uh, spinnerbait type type your buzzbait. You know, frogs. A little bit of frog. Even a frog bite never got that good this year for us. It's just it depends where they put us, what time of year, and that kind of makes it easier. My, my go-to this year was a spinnerbait. That's why I caught most of my fish on. Um, you know, the last two EOIs I've gotten, I, I, I definitely caught most of my fish on crankbaits for the whole season. This year is definitely a spinnerbait. So that, it happens like that, but I always, you don't know, always get AOI doing that, but there's always certain years, like, you know, sometimes it might be a, a like a jig, some kind of football head jig or a, a pitching jig that deal. You know, I catch most of your fish on that one year. It's just kind of weird, and then it depends where you're at, and but I do catch a lot of fish on spinnerbaits. Probably the most fish I catch are on spinnerbaits and crankbaits uh, over the last 10 years, for sure. You know, I can tell water. you this about Aaron, that we, when fishing against him and, and as he was growing up and watching him uh, learn and, and become the pro that he is, he'll go out and pre-fish to the point where he knows what he wants to throw, he knows the colors and what he and the baits he's going to have. But I've watched him go out with just, you know, basically the – the few bags of worms that he knows he's going to throw and the, and the colors that he's going to throw and the hooks that he's going to put on them and the weights he's going to have and maybe a couple of other crankbaits or jigs or whatever he's going to have in the boat. Water, but he, yeah, he ran that. with yeah. just what he knew he was going to use. And and part of now that I was, bring it all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, got bring it all. I, I he he pairs it down to just what he knows yeah. he's going to throw and what he's going to use for his tournament that day. And a lot of the times... He's fishing thin water, you know, so he needs to have a boat that's going to be able to get back in and get back out of, of shallow arenas. And, I mean, he does a, a lot of this pre-fishing that he does. That's the, actually, that's the work part. The fun part is going out and actually putting them in the boat after you've done that. Right. I agree. Uh, but, you know, for the people that are out there, instead of loading the boat up, he actually unloads his boat to go fishing. Wow. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I carry a lot of tackle. I, I say I cut my tackle down, but you guys don't understand how much tackle I carry. <laughs> um, and my, I, carry, I carry, you know, 500 pounds of extra tackle with me in my truck. Yeah. But my boat, my boat, I weighed my boat. My boat tackle is always about 200 pounds. 100, that's, just, that's just tackle. 
So it's not like I'm carrying a little bit. And that's, I don't have more than like 50 of each worm. Uh, that's a waste of, of weight for me. Um, you know, I'd say like a pound in the compartment, like five pounds in the front. Uh, it does slow your boat down a lot, having extra weight. You can lose four or five, six miles an hour. So, you know, a lot of times we're running an hour a day each way, so it's two hours of running a lot. We did that a lot this year. That's a lot of, you're cutting off minutes off your day um, by lightening your boat. But I'm still, you know, when I lighten my boat, I'm still over 150 pounds of tackle if you put it on a scale. So it's still a ton of stuff, and that's that's about as minimum low as I can go. I, I got everything. I carry my arsenal is kind of gigantic compared to almost any other pros I know. I've looked at you know Edwin's boat and Van Dam's boat, and I still carry more stuff than anybody I know. But I use it You've all. You've gone from and carrying nothing to a lot, huh? <laughs> I carry a ton, but I actually cut back. So I, used to, I think I used to carry actually a thousand pounds, so I cut down probably fifty percent. Right. Uh, I mean, literally, I'd have like you know thirty, forty bags, and then you know. I don't know how many boxes, plenty of boxes and flambo boxes, but when I had the motorhome, I was, I was upwards of a thousand pounds of tackle of extra stuff, you know, Cinco's and Robo's and swim baits and jig heads. And I just had tons of stuff. And I, I got my stuff down to like a suburban load, I guess you can call it. And I fit that in all my compartments in my camper. And I do camp. I've always camped, which is really nice. That uh, allows you to be kind of away from any disruption. Um, or a distraction, I guess, of, you know, other other people that are fishing. I like to kind of be, be by myself so I don't get um, sidetracked at all because I have my own plan kind of deal. If, if, some, if somebody says something, if, even if uh, I bet it's just hear them talking that, you know, next to me, which happens in hotels, it, it's distracting. It kind of changes how you're thinking. I, don't, I feel like i, I got to stay away from that. So camping's really helped me a lot and I, I know a lot of guys there's probably 15 or 16 guys that camp full-time now and when i first started there was only like me and takahiro and, and rick clung camped and that was pretty much it for for a few years and it, it's gotten more popular Aaron, we've got I think, we've, okay, guys. I think it's a good idea to stay away from doc talk myself i like that aaron <laughs> that's, a, yeah. that's a good thing i hey, like talking to people but not in competition not, not nope. around competition Nope. Guys, we've got to take a break right now. Aaron, can you stay with us uh, for another segment? Because I've got a bunch more questions yeah. here from I mean, listeners. It might and get noisy here and there, is it? Yeah, no, no. hey, this is great. We're going to take about a, a two-and-a-half-minute break, so if you've got to go and be a referee inside, go ahead and do that. But make sure you come back, okay? <laughs> I'll be here. I'll keep the phone with me. It's on. All right. Hey, I'll we are here. speaking with the 2015 Toyota Bassmaster Angler of the Year, Aaron Martin. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back right after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter-day, full- and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. 
Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Run Real Radio. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshar. And we are speaking to the 2015 Toyota Bassmaster Angler of the Year and four times runner-up in the Bassmaster Classic. And I think he's got his eye for the 2016 Bassmaster Classic, Mr. Aaron Martin. Aaron, welcome again back to the show, sir. Hi. I'm not worried about the classic. We'll see what happens. I'm not. I'm not thinking about it. That's one. Of the, that's one of those tournaments where it's actually kind of easy. It's one of the easier ones to win because it's three days. It's hard to win a four day tournament. So many things can happen. But that's actually should be an easier one. But there's uh, there's only one of them a year, so only you get one chance a year if you're lucky enough to make it. Well, let's talk I'm not about, worried about it. Let's talk about that since you brought that up because uh, uh, Robert from San Bernardino wanted to know how you were going to prepare for the classic and how about it being at grand lake uh in the beginning of march did them moving it a couple of weeks make any difference or you no. going to be ready for weather one way or the other <laughs> no this with the el nino and we're getting real wet this year in the south it's supposed to be colder and wetter in the south where we're at and actually warmer kind of north and drier uh, i imagine it's some there's some chance for some really volatile uh could be a really it could be really bad or it could be real nice but i'm thinking it probably can be pretty wet and that time of year is not uh, a warm time of year yet, so we could have some blizzards. We could have a really bad blizzard. We could have really bad rain. We could have tornadoes. Uh, it's just a really volatile time of year. Um, 
especially with the weather patterns we have. I've been watching it uh, real carefully, and nobody knows really. It's a gamble. It's it's a risk uh, that time of year for that area. Uh, pretty much anywhere in the south, really. Uh, but that's that's right in that area where you, you get a lot of really severe storms. So that part of it, it could be it could rain the whole time, or we don't know. It's up in the air and. And I went there before the AOI tournament and spent four days there to kind of get a feel for the lake. And I haven't seen bait that thick on a lake in, in many years. So they, the shad population is really big. So if we do have some cold weather and, and uh, if we have a shad kill, it could make the fishing really, really, really tough. And I know uh, being bass fishermen, if you've fished for years and and if you have some cold snaps and, and lakes you've been to where shad die off uh, in the spring, it can be really hard to get a bite. Um so it could be actually a really tough one, or if they get a good freeze and it gets cold and the water gets dirty, the fish move up shallow. It could be, you know, it could be pretty decent. So we don't know. I just kind of not think. I don't think about it too much. And and, uh, and as it gets closer, I'll watch, you know, obviously watch the weather and, and try to keep up with that, and then just see what happens. Aaron, uh, has, you know, be, has the weather? You know, we've had this El Nino effect here in the in the yeah. west, where it's really kind of set things back almost two months uh, on a lot of the fishing, uh, freshwater and saltwater. Uh, but, it, you know, we had to change our freshwater tactics be, to go along with the warmer warmer weather early, and, and yeah. it stretched on a little further. Has it affected the, the, the lakes on the east coast and north where you guys fish? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The bait, the bait hasn't moved yet. You know, the bait's still on the main lake. It's just, you know, you're just coming by water temperatures. Uh, the fish are going to keep on living, you know, living their lives, but they, uh, they're they going to be where that water is going to let them be. And right now the water temperatures in our lakes are in Alabama are still, uh, gosh, really 60. There were 71 last week, 71. I think last week there were 71. You know, wow. And now they're getting down around 62 to 65, you know, Gunnersville and the Coos River. So the bait still hasn't moved. You know, most almost all the bait, there's bait in the creeks and coves, but the, lot, the majority of it's still on the main lake. It gets to a point where it gets really cold. A lot, there's almost nothing on the main lake, and it all moves back in the creeks, and pretty much everything follows, and the bike gets really good, but uh, right now it's more spread out and spread. I've been to Eufaula, Gunnersville, uh, Lay Lake, and a few lakes in Florida in the last month, and the fishing is not, not what it should be right now. That's just typical of weather patterns, yeah. So it does change. What did you have to do to change up? I mean, normally this you time of year or going into winter, you're going to fish a little deeper because the fish have moved or are they going to move shallower? With the yeah, weather pattern, it's it's going yeah. to change it. This this warmer weather we're having is going to affect the, I think you're going to get more more rain like I hope we are too, actually. But yeah. uh, if rain. the weather doesn't get real, real cold for real, real long, that it's going to change up the the fishing patterns that the guys are used to fishing. Yeah, it's 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 we're getting a lot of rain here. It, it just makes the fish kind of they're a little more spread out with you know mellower conditions and the baits kind of spread out and kind of not where it should be and it is they're just still chasing that bait. So so until it gets cold and, the, and things condense, it's just uh you know it's more wolf pack fishing and, and school you know small schools and and homesteaders I guess we call them uh, fish that kind of Staking area, it's just that kind of fishing. But when they, you know, when the weather patterns change in the fall, they they get concentrated and get more in group, bigger groups, so you can kind of find them, and and they're kind of easy to find. Uh, right now, it's not not like that back here. A lot of fish are kind of random, not really relate to anything special, and it's hard to pattern them, which is just all you know, a fall pattern switch uh, turnovers and stuff of the lakes. It's just 
taking it's a little slower process this year, which is how it, how it works, I guess. But Which, we're we're going to see what the the classic does. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, it's just kind of not a real deep lake. And it's it's a it's a large lake, but not real big. Um, so we'll see. It's but it is full of shad, and then, uh, it is it is a kind of tricky lake. It's not a lake you can go. It's kind of like I guess in the, in Southern California, it'd be like Lake Cetus, where you know they're not all over, and and the, the certain areas that have them definitely have them, and they're not easy to catch a lot of times. Um, you have to kind of, even throwing a jerk bait or a crankbait, you kind of have to use a little finesse with them. They're not, a lot of times, they're, I guess, heavily pressured fish. Um, that time of year, it should be a little different. Fish should be willing to bite a little more, uh, depending on the weather, but it's going to be, um, it's not an easy lake. You won't catch, you won't catch a lot of fish there. It's more of like a, you know, five to ten fish days, and, you know, you hope you don't, or pray you don't miss any, because, you know, every fish is going to count pretty much in that tournament. So I mean, some guys might you know you might get on some stuff where you can catch twenty, but thirty, but it's it's a tough lake. It's gonna be a grind. I like those places though. Yeah, uh, uh, Aaron uh, uh, Robert from San Bernardino sent us a note saying, you know, congratulations on uh, winning Angler of the Year again. You're three times Angler of the Year. Is being Angler of the Year is it kind of like a ceremonial thing? Is it a title thing, or what does being angler of the year really mean both to you personally and then is there a financial benefit to it yeah i mean it's uh <laughs> i just try to get as many as i can ever since i started fishing i was always been my goal day ALI every year i get quite a few of them on the west coast now it's kind of uh it's always been the number one goal for the season has always been the aoi over the championships just because they're worth more to me and uh i don't know it just you're just being the best at what at the sport. You know, back then it was you know your most consistent fisherman. Now out here, it's it's for sure. I think the most prestigious prize is, is ALI. So that's, that's nice. It's a. Uh, it's not just uh, you know you can't really get lucky getting angler here. Kind of you have to earn it. And uh, if you have that as a, as a, I think that's pretty much every angler's uh, kind of goal is to get angler here. I, I know pretty much ninety or plus percent of them probably say the same, same thing that they. That's kind of their goal, starting up the season. And uh, it's been good. It's been uh, busier, a little bit busier, but, and you know, obviously I could probably make quite a bit more money um, if I worked at it, but right now my family is at the age of uh, uh, 8 and 12 now, and they're growing up really fast. I don't really want to – money's not really important to me. Um, you know, we're fine with money and sponsors, but uh, there is opportunity to make a lot more if I wanted to. If I was – a single male and, and doing what I was doing as far as AOI, it would, I could probably double my income. But with family and stuff, at this time in my life, I'm not into that. I better well, no matter family and I, sacrifice the money. I think no matter what, I mean, I, when you're when I'm fishing tournaments, and I know you're the same way. You don't go out there to finish, you know, low on the totem pole. You want to win, and and, yeah. and to have the situation where you can you can fish to the to the point where you're number one for the year is. It, it, that's the point of us fishing the tournaments that we fish. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I love the fact that you know, at the end of the year, if I'm not number one, I want to be someplace close to the top close. where they know that <laughs> you're still part of the crew. But if the, if you're there, normally you've made some money in the tournament circuits and you've paid yeah. for your your hobby with your hobby, or your in your case, that's it's the number the one business. goal in the sport. I mean, the classics prestigious and everything, but really to me, it's yeah. it's an awesome tournament and it's. 
I don't want to say overrated, but compared to AOI, it's overrated. I mean, AOI is really that's the pinnacle. That's what, like you said, that's where we all that's what we all search for as anglers when we're fishing the yep. circuit. The angler you're attending here. You know, and, uh, 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 Kelly from uh, the Saftana Valley Woodland Hills, as a matter of fact, your old stopping grounds, and not that far away from you, Stan. He says to say hello, and he wants to know: are are there any new products that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Yeah, I mean, that, well, actually, there's some robo worm stuff coming out. Uh, I've been working with Greg a little bit. I guess you guys call him. Um, we're trying to come out with a few more baits. Uh, some, you know, some special ones. So that'd be kind. Of, that'd be kind of neat. Um, but no matter how much I talk about crankbaits and stuff, I still use a lot of robo worms. <laughs> um, a lot of times, I actually would be catching my crankbait, switch over to a robo worm. But um, my rods are doing good, man. I got my new rods. I got a new series come out next year, which should be really awesome. Um, they'll be top end, top end rods at a kind of more affordable price that they'll be really tricked out uh, with Enigma. Um, Who's Roger though, Aaron? That's not out yet, but it's coming. But there are a few things. There's some hooks and stuff that are coming out. Some new hooks that'll be really, really awesome. I think they're the, probably the best hooks in the market by none, for sure. Just by looking at some of the samples, they're going to be incredible. Uh, worm hooks and stuff from Gami, uh, the finesse series. So that, there are some neat things coming out. To me, a hook's really important. I've been really fanatical. I've spot hooks my whole life. Uh, I've been always searching, searching for the best hook and. You know, even Gamagatsu didn't have it for a while, but uh, now they, they got it back. It's, they have the best hook, and uh, I'm really happy about that. That's Explain that, Aaron. Sure, really. Explain what what the difference on the hooks, which hooks are, are, are for what. Well, we You've have, been working with Gami for a while. Finesse, uh, yeah, we have the G-Finesse Trouble, which is a short shank round bend. I oh, know, I'm sorry, short shank O'Shaughnessy, which has a small bar, but it's unbelievable as far as getting fish in the boat. It's, there's I never used a hook like it, and uh, so it's a light wire. But it's good, you know, you can use it size 2 on 16-pound and catch fish on it all day long, never straighten it out. But it is, it is questionable. It can, it can, you know, you can get a hook in a bone or something, it might not punch through, and it can open up. So it's not really a 16 to 20-pound that's true, like, square bill or uh, a blade topwater hook. Um, so now we've got a new series coming out, hopefully spring, they said. Uh, it's a double, kind of like a double strong, but a short shank of Shaughnessy. But a little bit bigger barb. So as far as grade hooks go, it's got a tournament grade steel, so it's going to be 20% stronger than the old steel. It's going to be an awesome hook. But right now, the hooks are doing really well for me. I've um, been using them for three years. i got two angler years on them, and they're, uh, I, I owe a lot of it to the trouble hooks because I've caught a lot of my fish on trouble hooks the last three years, and I've lost fewer fish than I ever have in my whole career so far, in the last, especially the last three years. Fish losses haven't happened that too often, and... Yeah, the drop shot hooks and all that. So hooks have definitely help. Uh, the rods are doing really, my rods are doing really well. But as far as like baits go and stuff, I have a lot of ideas. But um, I might do stuff at Nigma. I'm kind of up in the air on it. I've, I've had a lot of offers, believe me, from from companies, from pretty big ones. But I kind of like being kind of uh, neutral right now. Um, I kind of be open minded and and use certain because I, there's lots of companies that make one or two really, really good baits, but there's another company that make, make the better baits that they have that don't work as well. So I kind of, actually my arsenal is pretty mixed up, but it's, to me it's, I have the best of everything. It's funny because I had a chance to look, uh, talk to a friend earlier a little bit at the Nation League tournament, and we get to hang out kind of next to each other, and, and we have all our tackle rod, and I start looking at his crankbait and all, yes, especially with Ayler, he has a lot of the same baits I have. Like, I mean, he has a, like, kind of a smorgasbord, but he his smorgasbord is almost identical to mine. It's pretty funny. And I've never really talked to him about baits and stuff. So it's, 
I guess we all use stuff over the years to figure out what works. And, and if I'm strapped to a company, I feel I don't want to feel obligated to talk about something. Because I don't, I don't ever want to lie. I, I'll, I'll never lie on TV about a beta I'm using. I never have. And I don't want to have to change that or try to. I won't do it. So I kinda, I'm kind of in a happy place when it comes to uh, that aspect. But i also given up a big chunk of money again. But that's all right. Uh, you know, this year I actually kind of made too much. All right. Hey, Aaron, we got to take another break right now. Can you stay with us a little bit longer? Yeah, we're driving home now. We're good. We're on the 20 freeway heading west towards California. Okay. But now <laughs> that's it. In Alabama, that's 48 degrees and raining. Uh, that's why you're you're phasing in and out a little bit. So uh, hey. I feel good better up here. It's just a, we went over a little mountain right here. There's actually mountains in Birmingham, believe it or not. All right. Hey, we are speaking with Aaron Martins, professional angler. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. This is Rod Real Radio on AM540 or at rodreelradio.com. If you missed any of the show, just go to rodreelradio.com. Hit the archive page, and you'll see all the past shows for the past 10 years. Pick out the date and uh, the people are on the show you want to listen to. Hit the button, and away you go. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we'll be back right after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landing in San Diego. It has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure Venture 2 online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. And Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshahara. And we are speaking to 
the Bassmaster Toyota Angler of the Year, Aaron Martins. Aaron, thanks again for being with us, sir. Problem. I enjoy it. Still hey. driving. Imagine my wife's driving. Hey. Still 48 well, and raining. Hey, <laughs> that is great. And, and you know, that's one of the questions that uh, we had asked that was coming on up. Uh, Aaron Martins is just not one guy going out and fishing, but Aaron Martins is a business, and you've got people helping you out with this business, and I'm going to presume it's your family. Tell us a little bit about how that works. Yeah, my wife actually does a huge part of it. She does a lot of the – she actually talks to a lot of my sponsors. My sponsors actually call her instead of me, which is really nice because a lot of times I can't call them back. I think John Cassie knows all about that sometimes. I get really, really busy, and, and I don't want to get sidetracked, especially in a tournament situation. I can ignore the phone a lot, which I'm not going to stop doing that because that's just how I work, and it works good for me. Um, so she takes care of a huge part of my business, and as she raises help or does almost all the raising of my two kids, our two kids, and, uh, and I, 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 I kind of spoil them when I'm home, but you know, she does, definitely spends more time with them than I do. She does a great job raising them. So she does. She has a huge job, um, and she, you know, she goes with me to, like I said, I'm pretty much almost half a tournament. She, the, her, and the family go with me. So it's, it's nice. And uh, when even when she's on at home, uh, driving the kids to soccer or school back and forth, uh, and raising them, they, she still has a stays really busy with the business. And I don't. I just don't think I could perform the way I do if I didn't have her to help me. Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, it'd just be so busy. It'd be unbelievable. Well, you know, that's a pretty important part, and guys don't really understand that, or people don't maybe don't understand that. To have, you know, Leslie's done an absolutely phenomenal job of support, you know, on the backside. And if you don't have that, man, it's just like you're fighting two different battles. So, have, so having Leslie be there and, and help run the business and support and then take care of, she, of you yeah. and the kids, I mean, that's huge. And kudos. Leslie, you're doing a great job, girl. Don't, don't quit now. But she's done a phenomenal job of making, you know, things happen so you can continue to, to fish as a professional. And that just doesn't happen all the time. So uh, I'll give her all the out of girls in the world. Oh, yeah. She's, she's awesome. And uh, she got me. She's been my trainer, too. But I was always fit, but I lost, I lost my mojo for a while because I got so busy fishing and, and didn't know what I could do. And actually, she started me running. She started before I did, and she ran in cross country in high school. So she actually trained me because um, she always was real careful how she ran. Um, well, she kind of ran how you're supposed to. You know, when you get into that. fishing, you kind of get into it, especially in tournaments, you get into a zone. And, it, and I know you know what I'm talking about that. Running is the same way because you get into kind of a Running's spot awesome. where you're just <laughs> running. Yeah. Running is like helped me so much. I, I, I know I talk about it a lot, but it's hard not to. It's helped me as much as it has. It's, it's, uh, if you can run, I know everybody can't. Um, you might have knee problems or issues, but. It is. Uh, it has changed my life tremendously. I mean, I, I probably feel like I did when I was twenty, twenty-three, and um, it's just uh, it's fun for me. I enjoy it as much as fishing. Uh, that's that's my second love. You know, besides the family, it would be actually running. Um, uh, that's just I'd like that as much as going on a Gunnersville and catching my frog. I'd, I'm you know, I love a six, seven, eight mile trail run as much as that, and it's just fun for me. Well, you got the build right, for yeah, it. You've never been big. You've always been long and lanky, so that's 
perfect for what lanky. you're doing. That's what people but, say, lanky. I, I can't, I can't find offended by that because I'm. I wouldn't say I'm lanky. I'm, I'm six two. Actually, kind of heavy bone. I'm not really lanky. I'm actually like 190 pounds. Uh, but I run. You know, I'm down to like a six. You know, in the sixes for a, for a five k, which is really cool. But I, I get down in the end of the fives by December, January. I can run like a 17 minute. 5K, I don't think a lot of people know that, but I keep my weight about 185, which is hard to do. I don't know if a lot of people know running, but usually the long, skinny guys are the guys that are fast, but I guess all the training I do on the off-season um, and eating well and eating really well, uh, it's, it's, it helps because I, I, I know that, that yeah, I, I try to stay strong. To me, it's important to be strong, and I, and I, know, I don't think a lot of people know how strong I am, but <laughs> it's kind of funny until they wrestle me. I wrestled all the elite guys. That I was kind of intimidated by just to find out how strong they were, and so far I beat them all. I think Gerald Swindles we're gonna have to have a match or something. <laughs> I, I'm very competitive. I like to play. play and I actually like to wrestle still. I've always liked to wrestle. From when I was a little kid, to, you know, I lived in California. It's kind of what, you know. If you remember Brian and Kevin Lenningham, we uh, sure. used to wrestle and break tables and, and put holes in hotel walls because that's just how we, we like to do that. We always got rowdy. I still kind of do that. And, that's fun for me to be able well, to do that at age 43. And <laughs> that helps in fishing, I'm telling you. It keeps you, uh, keeps you spunky, I get. Well, in doing that, too, uh, diet's also a very important part of that. And, and how do you keep yeah. that diet regimen when you're on the road? I mean, it, it's, it's easy to it's stop hard. by a fast food place and, and grab uh, a gag in the bag or what? Yeah. I gave up uh, almost all sodas uh, completely. I mean, if I have to go somewhere and uh, I, I could... I get together and and there's I, I might drink a half a coke one night. Uh, that's it. I mean, I just I pretty much gave sodas up. Uh, I drink a lot of lot of you know juice and water, and tons of fruit and vegetables. I do a lot of that. I think that's key. And uh, protein's always been a challenge. Though, so I'm trying to get trying to eat a lot more protein, but I can only eat so much fish and chicken, you know, and eggs. And but I actually eat a lot. Uh, and being able to camp like I do has helped me a lot. And I do a lot of the shakes and stuff. I put a lot of different things in the shakes so I can, I'm not eating like 60% egg whites. And it's amazing how hard it is to actually eat right. If you do it by the books and, and how your, what your body really needs and how many calories you're burning, especially with the running, it's, it's really hard. Um, but I got, so far I'm, I'm doing really well at it. And I've been kind of healthy my whole life, but really the last five or six years been kind of ultra healthy and, I just, I just feel great. Um, I can't eat anything bad now anymore. It just kind of messes my stomach up. Uh, but I can eat just about anything. But if I eat greasy food or something nasty, like a, like a, like a big nasty fast food burger, it'll, it'll turn my stomach for a while. Like my, my, my body gets mad at me. So it actually is not pleasure. It doesn't bring me any pleasure to eat something like that. I'd much rather eat a. I can still knock down like two double double in and out burgers. Though. <laughs> That's a little different. <laughs> But on the road, it's, it's camping, camping, and uh, yeah. I mean, I have a good sized refrigerator, and I can get to a lake. You know, a, a body of water we're fishing like Sunday. I'll set the camper up, and I'll go to you know Publix or Walmart. I'll go maybe hit two or three grocery stores and what they have, and I'll load up you know two, three hundred dollars worth of groceries and stuff them in my compartments, and I eat like a. I eat probably gosh, I don't know, six, seven thousand calories a day, minimum. Wow. Wow! Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the average person eats, but I'm not. No, I just I, you know, if I eat four thousand, I I'm suffering. Yeah. I, I I didn't I, I added some calories up. I was eating a day, and it was astonishing. I don't think people realize. Hey, Aaron, <laughs> so, it, but, it, 
in the time in the time we have left, Aaron, I know we've talked about the support you get from your family. We've talked about obviously you know you have a tremendous fan base off there, and that's really got to excite you. But lastly, you know, being a professional angler, extremely expensive sport. Tell us about the yeah. sponsors that have helped get you to where you are today. Uh, I love my sponsors. I, I hate being like a commercial, but definitely, uh, you know, RoboWorm, I had to give them credit because they were my first sponsor, and I still have them, and Gamagatsu, those were among my first ones, but, and I'm at Phoenix Boats now, which have been phenomenal uh, as far as saving my body with the ride they have, and being an excellent platform, and Mercury I've been with since the beginning, and uh, Enigma is new, and it's doing really well. Right now, it's just fishing rods, but they've, they've come out with some really good ones, and we're coming out the next one next year is going to be awesome. Uh, of course, got me got to, uh, there's some new ones. There's even Costco, the shop blade. I'm kind of helping them get perfect. And, uh, I'm missing quite a few of them. Uh, uh, Sunline's been, I've been with Sunline for over 10 years now. Uh, a lot of my sponsors I have, I have been with for a long time and that's nice. It's nice that way. I have made some major jumps here lately, but I thought they were necessary. And, uh, but the ones I've been with have, have been really well, good, and if I don't believe in them, I wouldn't have them. So, Aaron, uh, real quick, talk about Enigma, your rods, your rod series. Well, I have that gray series, uh, Aaron's Edge. Uh, they're really got the, the microwave guide system on them, so it actually takes the slop out of the line and focuses it at the first guide, so it's a real smooth feel. And uh, it doesn't hurt to cast at all. I know some people might think that kind of reduces the cast, but if anything, it gives you a few extra feet. Um, but the feeling it gets real smooth. So like especially on Spain rods, it's kind of I'm gotten used to them now. And it's, if I cast like I did cast an older rod last week, I was playing with it. And it has a different feel. It has a sloppy feel. And Do you use the micro smooth, the micro great. guides on the on the casting no, rods also? I don't really like them. These are like uh, two or three steps bigger than the micro guides. They're not micros or I forget the number they are. They're like threes. They're like they're like a, a medium medium small guide. They're not big, not small. Uh, but I like that. I like a little bit bigger guide. I tried the micro guides, and they seem to kind of shape the line a little bit. Maybe it's because uh, so it's kind of too small. Um, these are, aren't doing that, so that's good. But I had a chance to pick all those out, so it was kind of cool to kind of pick this stuff out for the rod and pick all the blanks out. And, you know, three weeks later and, you know, three or four headaches uh, of trying to go through blanks was was worth it. And, and just by every single one of them has been phenomenal this year. Uh but you know, the next series that comes out should be should be really cool. It should just get actually. Better. I think you did a good job. You know, the small ones don't nice. work as well as the larger ones. When you get down to it, a little bit larger is a little bit easier all the way across the board. And I think you get better casting out of that. Yeah, and the micros really do reduce the cast, and they and they spray your line. I, I just I've used them before, and I just I I played with even some other manufacturers, and I like the feel of them. I had a choice to do that, and I really did just want to stay away from the micros. So. These guys yeah. are like, yeah, like two sizes, three sizes bigger. But well, I'm going to talk to you a little later on here after I get back. I won't be back till after uh, December 2nd, but uh, I may call you and, we'll, and, and just talk about your rods and, your, and what you've done with that off the air, and then uh, we'll okay. catch you a little later on. Yeah, anytime, guys. Call me. I'm always... Well, Aaron, we appreciate, we, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you being with us. Not only that, but... Being a great representative of West Coast fishing throughout the country, I mean, uh, I I just can't imagine what it might be when you walk it when you roll into one of these stadiums and there's 
20, 25,000 people that are just going crazy because it's awesome. you that's rolled in and you lift up those fish. <laughs> it's got to be a good feeling. It is pretty fun. I enjoy it. Well, I, I, I just enjoy it. I, I enjoy the competitive part of it, too. It's good. It's good for me. Well, but sir. Like I said, I like people. I like helping people. So, Good luck in uh, so uh, good. You know, the, the next coming months. We'll keep track of you. Uh, much luck in the Bassmaster Classic. And, Aaron, I can't thank you enough on behalf of our listening audience for you spending some time with us and telling us a little bit about your success. And our best to the family. I know you probably missed putting the kids to bed. Thank you for uh, you know the time that you've spent right. with us. When I'm, when I'm sick, so that's all right. <laughs> all right, guys. and I enjoyed it. I, believe me, it was fun. And, uh, Be well, I'll buddy. you guys soon. All right. And good luck. All right. All right. And Stan, good luck to you on your fishing trip. Go out there and get them, will you? Well, I'm going to give it the once over lightly. And, and Wendy, did you get your elk? I did not get my elk. Oh. Well, there'll be another time. That that elk's just going to be bigger for the next time you go out and uh, <laughs> and get her, Wendy. Hey, guys, that's it, it for tonight. First of all, I want to thank uh, Jorge and Cynthia. They filled in for JR tonight, did a great job. Guys, thank you for keeping us on the air. I also want to thank Ben Harvey, our local San Diego producer, for co- producing the commercials, helping us get together. And always, on behalf of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McCune, we want to thank them for leaving this legacy to us, which is Rod and Real Radio. Also, Stan and Wendy, as always, thank you for your contribution. And you, the listeners, hey, thanks a lot for uh, giving up some of your Sunday night to listen to us. Now there's a good football game on. The best part is yet to come, so listen to that. So on behalf of all of us here at Rod and Real Radio, stay safe. We'll see you on the water. You guys have a great week, and look forward to speaking to you next Sunday night at 5.05 p.m. on AM 540 or at Rod and Real Radio. We're out for now. See you on the water. Good night. There's a sign upon your door. Pops, don't blab it around, will you? Gone fishing.